Hi there, welcome along to the Cheltenham Festival preview from Gambler in association with Who Knows Wins. I'm Jim Delahunt and I'm joined here by Paul Gallagher, otherwise known as the voice of value. Hi Paul, how are you? I'm great Jim, thanks. Uh, it's lovely to have you along guesting this week. Indeed, and we're looking forward to uh, a rather unique Cheltenham Festival, given that uh, after all the brouhaha last year, when apparently we shouldn't have been there, we're definitely not allowed there this year. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm guilt-free from last year. I, d- I didn't make a long, I was off skiing, but uh, yes, it's going to be a shame that there won't be crowds. Um, I, th- I think that will take something away from the week, but it doesn't look like it's going to detract from the quality of racing, which is top-notch. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. The, the racing continues. Uh, all the top horses are going to be there, we hope, barring any accidents over the weekend. Anything standing on a stone as it's walking back from work as tends to happen to the best horses in the run-up to these huge meetings. But uh, we hope they're all going to be there. Certainly, uh, there has been a lot of controversy over the past week to 10 days over Gordon Elliott, but uh, his licence has been transferred to Denise Foster. Uh, She's going to be having plenty of runners, uh, which most punters who will be au fait with the situation will know that they're basically Gordon Elliott horses. All the form is in the book uh, under the name Gordon Elliott. Uh, The only one, or the the main one, I should say, the main one out of eight from Cheveley Park, which have been transferred to Henry de Bromhead, uh, will obviously be Envoy Allen in the Marsh Novices Chase later in the week. But uh, I note today that the lass who looked after the horse at uh, Gordon Elliott's yard is going to be associated with the horse at Cheltenham, and that's certainly uh, good news for her. I, I'm, I'm not convinced, despite being a horsey man myself, I'm not convinced how much of a difference that will make to Envoy Allen. Uh, but uh, certainly good from a from a romantic point of view, and, and especially if the, if the horse goes and wins. But uh, as you know, Paul, it's been quite a traumatic week for the sport in general. Yeah, it's been difficult. Um, myself and Selectabet covered this um, slightly in our podcast last week, but it was just massively disappointing, um, the behaviour. It obviously happened a couple of years ago, but it's only come to light now. But I think racing has reacted almost unanimously to condemn that. And, and there's been some fantastic um, pieces that I've read and, and, and also pieces um, on racing TV and, and, and uh, Sky Sports Racing and, and ITV, in fact, as well, where, um, you know, people who love the sport have, have been very um, clear uh, and their they're opposition to what happened. And I've also tried to, to turn that around and, and demonstrate how much horses are looked after and loved and respected in the sport. And I think that's the important thing to take away from it. It's, it, it certainly is, Paul. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a former amateur jockey in my younger days, and I'm I'm a racehorse owner now, and uh, I've I've never come across anything like that at all um, in my actual lifetime around horses. Um, I mean, I've 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 seen dead horses. I, I owned a, a horse which was killed at air one day. I was also riding a horse which was killed uh, on the on the work track uh, around the inside of air racecourse one day, um, but certainly never seen uh, any dead body of a horse disrespected like that and I'm afraid um, Gordon Elliott's going to have to take his punishment. Uh, the, the debate will continue as to you know how exactly is he being punished? Will, will he still be in the background behind Denise Foster? Is he still pulling the strings? But that's really for other people to judge at the moment and as far as us as punters are concerned and we'll put our punters hats on now Paul, uh, we're, we're looking ahead to Cheltenham uh, trying to pick some winners as, as everybody uh, who's associated with this great sport tries to do 
every single year. And the action gets underway on Tuesday. And of course, Tuesday, traditionally, champion hurdle day, Paul. Yeah, I, I actually think um, this Tuesday looks like potentially being one of the best ever. Um, there's so many um, big races with um, real superstar potential and also um, the potential for proper contests. Um, all too often, you know, you see the odd procession on a Tuesday. But uh, I think this year, the champion hurdle in particular just looks so competitive. Um, I think you're going to give us a pick from the champion hurdle later on. You're a braver man than me. I haven't, I haven't come down uh, too firmly on one yet because it just looks, uh, it looks fantastically competitive. Well, it certainly is a competitive race, and and while I am going to come down on one, and I'll I'll certainly get right into that right now. Uh, I I am not going to say this is a certainty and get your life on it. But uh, the the horse I have fancied for quite a long time for the champion hurdle, and I'm delighted it's amongst the declarations. And I I suspect, uh, although I don't know for sure that it's going to be ridden by Robbie Power, is Aspire Tower, uh, trained by Henry de Bromhead now. Immediately, people will be saying, wait a minute, Henry de Bromhead trains the favourite Honeysuckle. Uh, well, they are different owners. Uh, Rob Coor owns uh, Aspire Tower and Honeysuckle uh, is owned uh, in, in completely different ownership there. And Rachel Blackmore will probably be riding that one. I know she gets the £7 mare's allowance. So does uh, last year's champ Epitante. Um, it's, it's a big thing, the £7 mare's allowance. But uh, Aspire Tower has been trained especially for the champion hurdle, whereas Honeysuckle, they took a long, long time to decide whether Honeysuckle was going to go for the champion hurdle or go for the mayor's race once again. I think they've decided that she's done enough in mayor's company and it's time for her to prove herself in open company. They clearly think she's capable of running a massive race in the champion hurdle. I'm just not so sure she should be the 9-4 favourite or 9-4 uh, joint favourite at the moment. Aspire Tower... Uh, he was the horse which finished second in the Triumph Hurdle last year. Now, that was the Triumph Hurdle, which should have been won by Goshen, who will be in opposition again on Tuesday. That's Gary Moore's horse. That horse had the Triumph Hurdle tied up uh, before tripping over its own feet at the last hurdle. Uh, and, of course, he came back to form by winning the hurdle at Wincanton uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think Goshen... Will have a great chance. He's a five-year-old, as is Aspire Tower, obviously, both four-year-olds in the Triumph last year. People say that uh, five-year-olds don't have a particularly great record in the champion hurdle. Well, they do this century. It's been totally different this century because uh, five-year-olds have been winning the champion hurdle. Catch it won it in 2008. Espoir Dalen won it in 2019. So we, I think we can bin the old five-year-olds don't win the champion hurdle routine. Uh, and Aspire Tower, he's been trained especially for the race ever since finishing second uh, in a grade one at Leperstown over Christmas. That was behind Sharjah, which of course finished second in this champion hurdle just 12 months ago. I think he shaped very well last year. I believe he's a better horse this year and in a very, very open race, much more open than the betting suggests, I'm going to suggest Aspire Tower uh, for the champion hurdle on Tuesday. I hope I've not been too bold there, Paul. Well, I think that's a, I think there's some sense in that, and, and uh, you know I'm always about trying to find the value, and I think um, the top, there's not much value left at the top of the market with Honeysuckle and Goshen, and I think you are you're, you're quite sensible looking for that 
further down. I actually tipped up Sharjah myself, sort of anti-post about a month ago. Um, but I think I'll probably have another play in the race near the time. But yeah, I think we're thinking along the same lines that something uh, something outside the top two or three in the market is maybe the way to do it for value. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the way the, the racing is shaping up on Tuesday, we're going to open with a very short price favourite. Uh, appreciate it for Willie, Mullen, Willie Mullins rather in the Supreme Novices Hurdle. W- would you be opposing that, Paul? I, I've, I've actually spent far too much time reviewing that race um, and gone round in circles. I was trying to find something to oppose, appreciate it, and I've sort of reluctantly um, come down and decided that he, he probably will win, and, and I, I, I'm not too keen to take him on. Um, I think sort of six to four is a bit skinny, but you tend to find on the on the day of the race or the night before. Um, a lot of the keys will be out to get business, so I think that price might lengthen a bit. So if he drifts out to a sort of two to one type price, I might have a, I may have a dabble at that. But it's not a race I'm getting too excited about. Um, I think there's there's much better value to be found elsewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm not totally excited about that race just yet. But I'm I'm like you. If that drifted out to seventy four fifteen to eight, I, I could be interested. If it went to five to two, I'd be very interested. Uh, and the reason being, I'm struggling to find anything to beat it. Uh, Metier uh, from Harry Fry's yard is, is the one that the, the British think might be their best bet in the race, but uh, appreciate it has been hugely impressive uh, in his three starts this season and very, very difficult to oppose. We're followed, of course, uh, by the Arkle Chase. That's uh, two miles for novices, uh, the second race on the card. And uh, again, we've got a massive favourite here in Shiskin. Uh, or Shishkin, depending how you want to pronounce it, uh, trained by Nicky Henderson. I can fully appreciate why it's favourite. No problem with that whatsoever. Uh, but the horse which I thought might have beaten Shishkin in the Supreme last year was Captain Guinness. Again, trained by, I'm going to turn into Henry de Bromhead's fan club here, but uh, <laughs> Captain Guinness came down, I think it was two out uh, last year in the Triumph when going very, very well under Rachel Blackmore. Pulled up yeah. first time over fences this year. One second time, good second next time. Fell last time, but he's been trained especially for this Arkle chase. And I think he's a huge price. I think Captain Guinness will go very well indeed. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're barking up the right tree there. Again, um, looks at, looks a decent value bet. He was he was actually um, fairly unlucky to be brought down. Um, Last year, and he's looked decent in his first two, um, or his, he was poor in his first run over fences, but after that improved significantly. Um, and, and again, was, he failed last time out. But uh, as you say, I think targeted at the race, and I think there's more to come from him. I think he's a bit of a forgotten horse, actually, and he's, he's a huge price. Yeah, he's a very big price. And don't forget, we've partnered with our friends at Who Knows Wins for this special Cheltenham Festival edition of the podcast. So if you're unfamiliar with Who Knows Wins, it's a social betting app where you can compete against your friends or fellow punters, not the bookie, for the chance to win big cash prizes. Keep an eye out on the Gambler Twitter feed for details of our fantastic Cheltenham competition on Who Knows Wins with uh, daily prizes to be won, as well as a fantastic overall prize. The champion tipster throughout the festival will be winning, wait for this, two tickets to Royal Ascot in June. We hope we're allowed to go. So two tickets to Royal Ascot in June is going to be the uh, prize. And that is, of course, assuming that fans are allowed in. If not, then we'll have a nice cash alternative uh, for that. Now, the uh, the other horse I'm very interested in on day one at Cheltenham, Paul, is a horse which is still in two races. And I have been unable to ascertain just exactly which race it's going to go for because they've kept their options open at the declaration stage. I suspect it's going to be the National Hunt Chase, 
and it's called Iscaria 10, trained by trained now by Denise Foster. Uh, it's owned by Max McNeil, and uh, it's also in the Ultima handicap chase off a mark of 147. And I have to say, Paul, that if that runs in either race, I will be on board, but I suspect you might be against it in the national hunt. I am, yes. Uh, I, I, I respect Iscaria and I think, I think, um, I think looks he looks a quality horse and I actually if he was mine I'd probably run him in the Ultima um, and just try and take advantage of that decent handicap yeah. mark particularly if it transpires that as I suspect Royal Pagai or Royal Pagal will run in this in this national hunt um, chase he, he's my selection I think he um, there's there's six to four non-runner no bet just now floating about I think that's an absolute gift to him. You know, regular listeners will know I'm not not really one for the shorties, but sometimes when it comes to Cheltenham, I think you have to uh, you have to try and identify the shorties that are actually good value because yeah. there's so much competition in the market and you can actually pick up some some decent shows and that's actually what I'm going to do um, across the week. I've got three that I've picked out that I think are. are I never like to say certainties in racing um, because non-racing people think <laughs> think it means what it what the literal sense of certainty. Nothing is certain in racing, but right. um, you know, in terms of their value, I think all three of these are really good, and I'm going to sort of recommend a treble. The first of them, Royal Pagai, I think um, his last couple of runs in handicaps have just been fantastic. He looks ideally suited to this sort of test where it's just um, a consistent gallop all the way around. He'll stay on. Others will cry enough, and he'll just, I think, anyway, will just be galloping on past them all. I think he'll win this on the bridle. Um, his jumping's not brilliant. Um, it's not a disaster, but it just, he, he's a bit low at times, and he sort of takes a chance with a few of them. Um, maybe it co- comes at them on the wrong foot. Um, but in this race, they'll be going slightly slower than they would be in a gold cup, which was, is one of his other potential targets. I think he would get found out for jumping in a gold cup. They go breakneck pace the whole way around. I don't think that would suit him unless it was really heavy ground and the, and the, the pace dropped. Mm. So I think um, on sort of good to soft, soft ground, which it's likely to be on day one, this sort of almost four mile test is absolutely perfect for him. So he's my sort of um, the anchor in my treble. Um, I'll give you the other two whilst we're, whilst we're here yeah, they're, not do, on day, they're not on day one but I might as well tidy them up to start with so the second leg of that um, winning treble hopefully um, is Monkfish he runs in the what used to be called the RSA it's now the Brown Advisory Novices Chase so that's on the Wednesday um, Monkfish price uh, I've priced these up with Bet365 these three um, so it's 6 to 4 Royal Pig Eye it's 4 to 6 Monkfish um, he has scared away most of the opposition and that's usually a pretty good sign um, in, in a novice chase um, if everyone else is trying to find another race to go that's usually a sign that um, you, you're on to a good thing um, he is He's sort of been faultless so far in his performances um, over fences. He was a winner at the festival last year, albeit narrowly in the Albert Bartlett, just won by a nose. They did win, and um, so he's got that festival form as well. And I, I think he's uh, he's bulletproof, so he's the second leg. And then the third leg, we move on to the Thursday, and it's the other novice chase on the Thursday, which is the Marsh over slightly less uh, distance than the, the Brown Advisory. And, and this is an interesting one. You touched on Envoy Allen earlier on, moving out yeah. of... Yeah, what was Gordon Elliott's yard and going down to Henry de Bromed um, it might be a problem for some horses but this is a horse that's done a fair bit of travelling he's been to Cheltenham twice he's won twice uh, which is also really helpful so he knows you know, he, 
he knows what it's like to go to other stables, travel about. I don't think it'll be an issue for him. He'll have been trained already. Most of the training's done. Well, I, you're more of a horsey man than me, Jim, having um, you know owned horses and ridden out, etc. But you'll know most of the work will have already been done. It's just a case of keeping them ticking over now. I don't think the extra bit of travel there and upset should cause too much difficulty for him. And he is a, he's a, just a machine. And he's unbeaten in all races on the race course to date. And uh, I, I can't see him getting beat. So he's available 8 to 11 as well. I think anything above 1 to 2, 2 to 1 on, I, I think would be would be decent enough value for him. So those, I'm putting those three in a treble. There are other shorties across the week that I think are maybe a bit vulnerable. Um, but those are the three that I think are, are pretty good. You're getting just over 6 to 1 the treble with bet 365 for that. So that's my, my uh, three to start us off. Yeah, uh, I, I can see all the logic there, Paul. No problem with that whatsoever. And as you say, those three combined, if, if they were all to come in, uh, paying just over uh, 6 to 1 with bet 365. Other bookmakers are available, of course. Um, but uh, just on the subject of Envoy Allen, I... I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I, I cannot see that horse being beaten. I've, I've, I've just, I, I can probably visualise in my mind every single race it's run, and he really is. If there's ever going to be a new article, it's going to be this horse. And eight to eleven at the moment might be the steal of the century. And I'll tell you, if the Irish have a good couple of days, Tuesday and Wednesday, then the bookies will be running scared on Thursday because they are going to hammer Envoy Allen. It's, uh, I think, I would go as far as to say it's probably the best horse running at Cheltenham over the four days next week. And I think it's an absolute banker to win the Marsh Chase. So uh, very much with you on that, Excellent. Paul. Uh, just, just going back to uh, Tuesday, I, and, and I'm, I'm majoring on Tuesday because I've done more work on Tuesday because of my, my column in the Scottish Sun. But uh, going back to that Ultima Handicap Chase, uh, which we mentioned earlier, uh, if Iscaria 10 was to run in there off 147, uh, I'd be delighted. I, I think it would have a, a great chance off of that kind of mark. Uh, the other one to highlight there, I think, is one down the bottom. Now, it's got two entries. It's also in the Paddy Power Plate on Thursday, but it's called Nietzsche, trained by Brian Ellison. Uh, this, is a, this is basically a two-mile hurdler, which has been entered in a three-mile one furlong handicap chase. Uh, I know they've always rated it, it's got some good form and some bad form and some very questionable runs to its name. But if that was to turn up in the Ultima on Tuesday at 50 to 1, I would be having a small each-way bet. So just to highlight that, Nietzsche, trained by Brian Ellison, uh, it's been running reasonably well this season. It loves Cheltenham. OK, the form's are a lot shorter, but if that was to turn out, uh, turn out in that race, uh, I'd have a small each-way bet at the prices. And the other That's one I wanted to mention, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, and and maybe you, maybe you've had a look at the Boodles uh, or the Fred Winter, as as it's as it's known, which is the handicap hurdle for the four-year-olds. Uh, the one I really like here is Zofanian, which is trained by Dennis Hogan, uh, and that gets in here off a mark of one hundred and thirty. Very very experienced horse, both on the flat and over hurdles. Finally got a win last time. And I, I think they've been holding plenty back for this race. And our marker 130 for Zephanian uh, looks very good to me indeed. And he'll be a decent price, 10, 12 to 1 as well. Any thoughts, Paul? 
Yeah, um, both of those seem sensible picks. Um, I, I hadn't even noticed Nietzsche in the betting. Um, he's just so far down. And, I, and when you said that, I said, hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm sure that's a two-mile hurdler uh, running in a, in a sort of testing uh, staying handicap. So that really is that's an eye-opener. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they declare him for that. Um, and I might, I might join you just out purely out of interest uh, to, to see how that one goes. The Boodles is one I've had a good look at. Um Wide open, it's, it's a tricky, this is always a tricky race, but you're quite right, what you want is, in my opinion, something with plenty of experience, Fanny has got that. Um, it will be sort of helter-skelter, that race, and you, you're probably looking for one that will stay a little bit further than the two miles, um, just just to make sure he gets home up there. Up the hill, so I don't have anything strong um, in the boodles yet. I will be putting a column up on Mr. Fix's tips um, in three or four days' time, and that will be one of the races I'll be covering, so um, stay tuned for that one. Now, one, one of the ones I know you want to talk about is the when we move on to Wednesday, Paul, and we'll do that right now, is the, the Grand Annual Chase, uh, and I know you've got a big fancy for On the Slopes. Yeah, love this race, um, uh, and it's a... On the slopes is my selection at the moment. I think he's he's a huge price. Um, I've had a bit of luck over the years with the Grand Annual. Um, they've moved. It used to be the last race on the Friday, didn't it, Jim? Um, yeah. And they've now moved it um, for a number of reasons, not least because it was a <laughs> it was causing all sorts of carnage as the last race on the Friday. The guy's desperate to to get one last winner uh, in terms of the jockeys. I mean, um, but. Yeah, I think there's. I think Embittered's a really strong favourite. I've actually, I had, a, I have to admit, I had a bet on Embittered. Um, at slightly bigger odds, so it doesn't appeal now. Um, it's short as sort of six to one in places. Um, regular listeners will know that I'm a huge fan of Sky Pirate, who's in here as um, sort of joint favourite as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm afraid he's done his handicap, Mark Sky Pirate. Now we've we've had our fun with him. Um, he's won for us a couple of times this year. Um, so I'll say thank you uh, on that and pass him on. I, I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's now well handicapped, unfortunately. Um, the shunters one to mention for this race as well. Um, won last weekend and has now qualified for a fantastic £100,000 bonus should he win a race at the festival. He's entered in, in pretty much everything. Um, I think he's, <laughs> he, he, the owners have given him every opportunity to try and win something. They haven't declared which race they're going to go for yet, but he's certainly one to look out for. And once they decide which you'll go for, I suspect he'll be he'll be strongly punted. Um, so if you do fancy the shunter in any of his races, um, I would probably advise you to back him now at non-runner no bet you'll get your money back if they go for one of the other races because when he finally does come down on a race I'm almost certain that that will be um, a sustained gamble on him um, but yes as I say my selection is much further down and the betting on the slopes is a horse who hasn't been in fantastic form this season um, you have to really go back to um, January of 2020 for the piece of form that I get really excited about um, that was when he was third at Cheltenham to a horse called Simply the Bets, who will be pretty well known to most listeners at this yeah. stage, and Imperial Imperial Aura, who's now one of the favourites for the Ryanair this year. Um, on the slopes, just faded a little bit in that race into third. He was leading, um, sort of coming over the last, um, and, and just didn't quite get up the hill. That was two mile four. They, they realised, I think, at that point, he doesn't want two mile four, he wants two miles. They dropped him back, which has been perfect. He then quickly went on and won two races. So he, he has gone up a bit in the handicap since that day, but he's not gone up nearly as much as some of the bets in Imperial Aura have. So he's still on that form. He's still got a bit in hand. Um, this season hasn't gone to plan, uh, particularly 
um, he, he was beaten in two two mile uh, handicaps at Cheltenham over over the two mile course. Um, but as a result, he's dropped down a few pounds. He's now off a mark of one forty. Um, crucially, um, on the second of those runs, which was way back in November, he was ridden by Richard Johnson, who identified an issue with his breathing. So they, they took him away and gave him wind surgery. So I think that hopefully is a positive and might explain those two runs that were, they weren't disastrous runs, but they were just mid-pack. Um, you know, nothing to really write home about. But if Dickie Johnson thought perhaps he needed his wind done, that hopefully um, is the sort of answer to why those weren't peak performances. Um, since then, all he's had is a run on uh, the all-weather. It came in a jumper bumper uh, where he, he just ran a sort of fairly standard race. I don't take any of those races at, at face value. They are what they are. They're, they're no, not much better than a sort of race called Gallop, really, in my, in my book. Um, so that hopefully have improved his fitness a little bit. He needs sort of good or, 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 or good to soft ground. Doesn't want a bog. Um, so I think that's part of the reason he didn't get a run over fences. Um, in January or February, the, the ground pretty much all over UK and Ireland was uh, was pretty wet and boggy. So they've kept him fresh, and he goes for this. And I think he's I think he's still really well handicapped. Off one forty, and I expect a pretty big run from him. And you're getting drum roll twenty to one, uh, which is widely available. Wow. I think the best place probably to go Skybet, who are offering five places each way. So I, I would take that. I, I think. Also, I should mention his trainer, Chris Gordon's, a, I think, a fantastic trainer and it quite often pops up with a good handicap plot. And uh, I think hopefully this this will be one of them. Well, that, that's fascinating. And uh, Paul has certainly made a terrific case for On the Slopes in the Grand Annual on Wednesday. Uh, at this stage, and uh, in, in myself looking at the, at the races, I've got nothing to put up against that. So I'll, I'll leave that one with you, Paul. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, that goes in the Grand Annual Chase, which I think is a penultimate race on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, which is rounded off by the champion bumper, which uh, we would expect Kilcrut uh, to be a very, very short price favourite for Willie Mullins. And of course, that would be ridden, would normally be ridden by Pat, Patrick Mullins. Uh, but of course, uh, due to COVID, the amateurs aren't allowed to ride at Cheltenham this year. And uh, those of us who are into this sport in a big way know that the, the, the really high profile amateurs, especially in Ireland, are amateurs in all but name. And uh, the, the fact that Patrick Mullins and people like uh, the Cod father, Jamie Cod, and Derek O'Connor can't ride at the festival is, is a big negative in my book because these guys are a major part of the racing scene the whole year round. And, and just because they're, they're classed as amateurs, uh, they, they are unfortunately not allowed to ride at the Cheltenham Festival this year. But that's, that's good news. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking to you, Paul, for another Paul, and that's Paul Townend, because he'll probably come in for the ride. Yeah, it, it is a shame. And just touching on that there for the amateurs, you do feel for them, and particularly the, the sort of proper amateurs, as it were, who've got their rides in, in um, races like the Fox Hunters, where it's sort yeah. of been the target all year. You know, they, they're part of the point-to-point scene. They love their horses, and they gear themselves towards that. It's, it's their Gold Cup. So it's a real blow for them, and I do feel for them. I, I wonder whether something could have been done, you know, in terms of testing or or some sort of precautions to take whereby they could have been allowed to run. But it's not to be, um, and, and so we won't see that. I mean, I, I love Jamie Codd. I think he's a fantastic jockey. Um, and, and likewise, um, Patrick Mullins, I think, is, is, is pretty classy as well. So it'll be a shame for them missing out on some really good uh, really good rides. Um, but as you say, it opens the door. It opens the door for one of the professionals to come in and take 
uh, take a ride in what could potentially be really impressive horses. I think the top three, the betting here, are all really classy. Um, I haven't tipped anything yet for this race, but if you if you back me into a corner, um, I think I would go for a three-strike life. Who's only had one run, which isn't ideal coming into the bumper. You probably want one with a bit more experience, but I think that looked a pretty classy horse, and I, I actually had the opportunity to send a message to one of the, the owners of that horse and uh, he, he thinks he's got an each way chance as well. So I, I don't think he's been disrupted in any way by the, the issues at the stable. And Denise Foster's come, come in, so the horse won't know any different. He stays there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who gets jocked up on that. But I think Free Strike Life, sort of eight to one just now, is probably not too bad a bet in that race. Yeah, we've, we've and also we, we've touched on on other races on Wednesday, including you. You mentioned Monkfish in your big treble, uh, which is the odds-on favourite at the moment for the old RSA Chase. Now the Brown Advisory. How confusing is that? But uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the, the other the other uh, race of interest, maybe not from a betting point of view, but for for a lot of people, will be the cross-country race on Wednesday. Uh, 11 to 10 favourite with most bookmakers at the moment is Easy's Land. Uh, last year's winner, the French. Challenger, but the fascinating one for me here, and um, people uh, have their own opinions as to whether he should be running in the Grand National. Obviously, he's been taken out. Uh, the dual Grand National winner, Tiger Roll, uh, he goes for his third win in the cross, con- cross country. He was only second last year, but he won it 2019 2018. He won the National Hunt Chase 2017. He won the Triumph Hurdle 2014. He's going for his fifth win at the Cheltenham Festival. And I actually thought he ran a decent enough race uh, over hurdles last time to suggest that he will be spot on for this race. So if, if he's going to turn up uh, on Wednesday in the uh, in the cross country chase, Tiger Roll at eleven to two, he will be carrying my money. I suspect that they thought a third Grand National was beyond him, but uh, they clearly think that the cross country chase is not. Uh, and I, th- I think he'll be value five six to one on Wednesday. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah, um, I don't disagree with you. I think obviously Tiger Rowe was just a, a phenom. He, he, there's not really been any horse like him to go from winning a Triumph Hurdle to two Grand Nationals via multiple Cheltenham uh, Festival wins. He's just a legend. Um, I've seen him a couple of times in the flesh, which was an absolute privilege. Um, and, and yeah, I, I I think I've heard talk online of, of people saying. Um, he's gone at the game, he's finished. I'm not having that at all. I think if he was in any way not showing uh, a love for the sport anymore, they would have just retired him on the spot. I don't think he owes them anything. They don't feel that. That's clearly why they've pulled him out of the national. They, they don't feel that it's right and fair on the horse. I, I, we'll park that decision to one side. I'll keep my thoughts to myself on that. They, they're the owners, um, you know, the, the, the Jigginstown guys, they're entitled to their opinion. Um, if he was mine, I would have tried to run him, but it's entirely it's entirely a matter for them. Um, this race, the cross country, I, I think yeah, I think Tiger Rolls got a shout. Um, my concern about the favourite Easy Sland, well, there's two concerns. Firstly, um, for anyone thinking about backing him, make sure you do it non runner no bet. There's been rumours about um, French horses having difficulty travelling due to uh, an outbreak of equine herpes and things. I don't know how solid those rumours are, but it's just something to bear in mind. So be careful and don't don't back anti-post unless you've got non-runner, no-bet concessions. Um, I also think Easy Slan probably wants um, the ground to be soft. Um, an interesting quirk of the cross-country chase is um, they, they, they're not able to water that. So they're just at the mercy. Yes, they're, they're at the mercy of the elements. So... 
Um, if if it's uh, if there's not any rain, that'll just be that could be that little bit quicker, and that might not be perfect for him. I think his jumping maybe just isn't quite as good when the going is is good. He's got a huge chance. He's still got a favourite chance. Don't get me wrong. A very interesting one, and I'm, I'm not even sure if I would call this a tip, but just a quirk. And and it's one of these things that comes up at this time um, this time of year every season, Jim. Uh, I was on a I was on a, a, a team sort of Cheltenham preview meeting the other day that I was kindly invited on to, and um, Ben Pauling, the trainer, was on it along with David Bass, the jockey, and it was absolutely fantastic to get that insight. And as most of these um, most of these events are. <laughs> Ben Paul was quite bullish and he, t- he told a story. He said they'd taken LeBroy up to Cheltenham um, to the cross-country course for some schooling. And uh, he apparently had, had jumped very well and, and took quite well to the course, as, as far as I'm aware. He's certainly not ran over the cross-country course at Cheltenham before in a competitive manner. And uh, he said, whether this is to be taken with a pinch of salt or not, I don't know. But he said that uh, afterwards the head groundsman phoned him, phoned Ben Pauling and said, um, what horse was that that you were schooling over the fences because it was so good that myself and all the other ground staff went to back him for the cross country so you can take that uh, any way you want to but it, it seems that, that Ben Pauling's quite bullish about LeBroy I see his price has been nibbled in ever so slightly um, since those comments so perhaps other people who are watching that PG night took the same view That is very interesting indeed very interesting because we all know that it is a unique course and if, if they do take to it, then that, those are the kind of horses that you want to be on. And uh, LeBroil, Le you never know. That might just be the, the thing that sparks him into life. And uh, he could go and win that cross-country at a nice price. Uh, as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Tiger Roll. I mean, if he turns up, I think Tiger Roll will be in good form. Because if they have any doubts at all, he would he, one, he won't travel, and two, he won't run. Completely uh, agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that's how that's how it will play out. If he's there, I think he's got he's got a strong chance. And if he's still, well, he probably won't be eleven to two at that point. But if he, if you can still get a sort of price like that, yeah, I'd definitely have a bet. Uh, the, the the horse I want to look at on Thursday, uh, and I know that you have one for the portents, which we'll come on to in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to go for one uh, which is going to be in my top three, incidentally, uh, in the stairs hurdle. Um, and I think this is a wide open race. I, I, I don't okay. think the, the British Challenge is, is anywhere near as good as it's cracked up to be. The, the horse I really fancy here, again, I keep having to say Denise Foster, but you know what I mean, Gordon Elliott, uh, <laughs> is the storyteller. Uh, it was second in the Portemps last year under a huge weight. Uh, it won twice over hurdles at Galway in the autumn. It's got high class chase form this year. I think the storyteller is tough as teak. I think he's a class act, and I think he could win the stairs hurdle. I think he's good enough to win a bad stairs hurdle. I don't think this is a good stairs hurdle at all, so I'm going to put up the storyteller. I don't like tipping each way for the sake of it, but he is an each way price at 12, 14 to 1. I think he could win this, so the storyteller for me in the stairs, but I know that you're big in the portents on Honest Vic. I am, yeah. Um, I think Honest Vicar actually is a horse who's got the uh, got the class and the quality to even to run in a in a stairs hurdle. Actually, I think he's he's not too far off. I don't think he would win it, but he's not too far off that sort of top level. Um, I think the the step up to three miles um, recently has been the sort of making of him. You could argue that um, Henry Daly has maybe show his cards too early by by turning up in October and winning the the Pretemps qualifier in the style that he did. Um, 
Honest Fick's been hammered for that in terms of the uh, in terms of the handicap mark he's got. So he does have to carry a slightly higher handicap mark. But I think he's a big, strong beast of a horse, and I think the extra weight's not necessarily a, a massive problem. I think he'll be able to carry that. It's just a question of getting into rhythm, um, getting round, and not having difficulty. And I think he's a huge price. We're getting. Uh, 20 to 1 about him as well and I think that's very fair um, he was 5th of 10 in the long distance hurdle um, so that's that that was running against the likes of Paisley Park and Tyne Hill that you, you touched on earlier and I'm not convinced uh, the same way as you that they are uh, top top class and I think there, there might be some Irish challengers that can that can come up against them and, and do quite well in the, in the stairs but um, they, they hold a fairly decent level of form um, and the fact that Honest Vic went close or, or, or sort of was, was mid uh, mid pack in that race I think speaks volumes so he's back down into handicap now um, and I just think it's a, a very decent each way price and you're getting five places I think Sky again actually are offering five places 21 in that and he's my idea of a bit of value in the per temps he, he certainly sounds a Paul Honest Vic for Paul in the per temps and uh, I'm going quite big on the storyteller the storyteller, rather, in the stairs hurdle. Now, um, having had a wee chat with Paul before we started this, we might just be in agreement on something when we get to the main race of the meeting on Friday, which, of course, is the blue ribbon of steeplechasing the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Uh, album photo going for a hat-trick after winning the last two years. Uh, five to two. So he's not like uh, as short a price as uh, horses in the past uh, chasing hat-tricks like Arkle and best mate would have been, but uh, he's five to two, and he, his fans will think that's decent enough, given that he's uh, he's been okay so far uh, this season, and he's come back run at Tremor. Um, but the one that really took my eye last time, and I was I was a bit sceptical about his uh, his trial been over a, a much shorter trip, but uh, he has got the form in the book over three miles in last year's RSA Chase, and that is the Nicky Henderson trained second favourite for the Gold Cup, which I think is going to win. And that's champ. What do you think, Paul? Well, we are aligned, Jim. I'm pleased to say um, I had a, I had a punt on champ uh, anti post about it was actually once the just as the bookie started to go non runner no bet and I thought um, he looked like value. I think we got nine or ten to one at that point. So I'm on already. Um, I've gotten backed. I, I'm happy with that position. He's he's getting a bit skinnier now, but I'm I'm framing that in the you know in the idea that I've already got him at nine. So. Um, I think he is. I think he probably is the most likely winner. I mean, it's difficult to get away from album photo. It's, he's a strange horse. The public haven't taken to him the way they did with Best Mate and other sort of multiple winners of the race. Um, Cotto Star, Denman, these these sort of horses that we sort of took to our heart. I think album photo is just a bit boring and a bit mundane. Um, but he's he's won two gold cups. We can't take that away from him. Um, and you know, it's probably rightly favourite to win the third time. But I think. Uh, Champ, the way he jumped in that two-mile trial he had um, was encouraging. I think he'll enjoy the sort of end-to-end gallop that he'll get in the Gold Cup. Um, and then the way he finished last year in the RSA, I was on him that day as well. And uh, I nearly took the house down <laughs> when he when he came up. The most unlikely of victories um, and just and just chinned the other two on the line. It was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not deserting Champ at all. I think he uh, he's got a huge chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the Champ camp and uh, Champ is going to be my selection for the Gold Cup this year. Just on album photo, two years ago, 
I thought Ken Boy would have won if he hadn't fallen at the first. Goodness, that was yeah. early in the race. And last year, I thought Delta Work would have won if he hadn't made those mistakes on the first circuit. Um, so I am dissing Album Photo, and he'll probably go and win a hat trick, might come back and make it four. But uh, just looking at this race, for a three and a quarter chase being run next Friday, okay, we don't know what the ground's going to be like just yet. But uh, the horse that has stuck out in his trial run so far for me, and I respect Aplutard uh, coming from Ireland as well. And uh, Ken Boy, if he does run in the Gold Cup, I think they are edging towards running him in the Gold Cup. Different owners, of course, trained by Willie Mullins uh, to Album Photo. But uh, Champ is going to be the one for me in the Gold Cup next Friday. Now, the, the Hunter's Chase is run immediately after the Gold Cup to give the professional jockeys a rest normally. But this year they won't because they have to come out and ride uh, these hunters because the amateurs are banned uh, and uh, it's not we're not even allowed to call it the fox hunters anymore because that's not allowed uh, you're not allowed to chase foxes around the country so it's now just called the hunters chase and I know you fancy one in this at a price called Shamaron I do yeah it's not a it's not a race I would normally go mad on um, for a number of reasons um, I think it's capable it's a race that's capable of, of someone plotting one up um, because the, the the opposition isn't generally too strong um, and also there's the angle of proper amateurs loads of proper amateurs um, riding so it's difficult to know how the pace will go um, if there's going to be trouble in front of you etc etc so it's not one I go crazy on but I did just pick this little nugget up and I thought it was worth passing on and, and possibly a small each way bet um, Shamron is likely to be ridden by Harry Cobden um, who's obviously the stable jockey at Paul Nichols yard um, and Paul Nichols has got the second favourite Bob and Co um, but, but it seems that Harry's not going to ride that and is, is going to go down and ride uh, Shamron who's trained by I think the Loxton family her neighbours um, of yep. Nichols uh, down that neck of the woods uh, and Paul Nichols has got a share in that horse as well so I just thought that that all sounded interesting and sort of piqued my interest his form is, is decent enough without being without being swashbuckling um, but he certainly got the form in the book that would suggest he could he could compete at this level um, and I just thought with the assistance of Cobden um, that might be a, an interesting little potential plot and 20 to 1 and also Nichols has, has started targeting this race recently in a number of ways um, I think he struggled with the Irish Challenge in all the other big races, so he's he's been trying to use this uh, this race as much as he can to try and get a winner on the board at Cheltenham and fair play to him. So I just thought an interesting uh, an interesting one at a big price, Shamron twenty to one, but not one not a race to go mad in, in my opinion. No, we won't go mad. We'll try not to go mad in any of them, but we'll we'll try and weight <laughs> our bets that we can actually make some money. And of course, we have two fifty pound charity bets. Paul kindly donated by our partners Who Knows Wins. Uh, the proceeds of any winnings will be going to the Bubble Foundation and St Margaret's Hospice in memory of our good friend Mr Fixit, who uh, very sadly passed away recently. So two £50 charity bets. We've already sort of generalised on our, on our main selections of the meeting. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I've saved one of mine for the charity bet. Uh, so uh, you've mentioned quite a few. I've mentioned quite a few. Which one are you going to give the £50 charity bet to in the hope of making uh, some money for Paul's charities? Well, the pressure's on here. Um, I, I was actually, it's funny, we, we talked about this offline and I um, I thought I was going to go for Honest Vic as my, as my bet. But I've actually convinced myself, as well as hopefully some of the listeners, I think On The Slopes has a huge chance, um, the more I think about it. 
and I think he's the best value shout um, that, that I've got so far. So I'm going to go 25 quid each way on the slopes, 20 to 1, and that's five places. So that's my uh, all-in, one horse, 25 to one each, uh, 25 quid each way. That's, that's my selection. £25 each way on, on the slopes for Paul. And my charity bet uh, is going to be, um, it's, it's one I've been saving up for this because I haven't mentioned it so far, it's going to run in the Coral Cup and uh, it is trained by Willie Mullins and it's called Maze Runner. Uh, I know uh, from talking to a few people over the past few days that this is one that the Mullins camp really fancy. It's still in the Martin Pipe. So maybe I should hedge my bets a little, but it looks as though it's going to run in the Coral Cup. And I'm going to put the full £50 on Maze Runner to win the Coral Cup. And I think as I lose my notes, I think that's Wednesday. So uh, the Coral Cup, uh, Maze Runner for me. Uh, so we're looking forward to a fantastic four days at Cheltenham. And uh, just, uh, just as we said at the top, Paul, we can't go. But it's all on TV. Uh, all the races are going to be on ITV Racing and uh, also on Racing TV as well. And it's just going to be a, a fantastic spectacle. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be, it will be slightly different um, sitting in the front room. I'm going to try and get a few few of the boys on uh, on a Zoom call or something and, uh, and try and create our own bit of atmosphere. The Guinness cans are in the fridge already. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to it. There was just one other that I wanted to touch on before we finish up, Jim. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a horse um, I actually tipped last year for the Martin Pipe, um, which is now the last race of the week. Uh, and it, this might be one for, for the get-out of jail mob that are looking to looking to recoup their losses in the, in the, in the get-out stakes, uh, the last race and the last day. The horse is called My Sister Sarah. Um, now, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm advising is that we don't bet this horse yet. It's another Mullins one, actually, um, just after you've, you've talked to Maze Runner there. Um, I think we wait for the day or the, the day before for this one. Um, I think she's she's all set for a really big run, uh, and and I'm looking uh, the way she finished last year. She was brought down at the last, uh, and I think she was going to run into a place. Um, I think she's looked as good, if not better, this this season, and um, I expect that she'll she'll be there or thereabouts again. She's twenty five to one just now. I don't think that'll that'll come in too much. So what I'm thinking is we wait and try and get six or seven places each way. There's always bookies offering extra places. And um, my sister see there's a, a, a small interest in the last race. Well the, the the last the last race in the good old days used to be the county hurdle. It's not anymore, but uh, I'd I'd love to get out in in the Martin Pipe. Uh, I remember many years ago, I can't remember quite the year, but I do remember the trainer. It was Peter Monteith who trained at Rosewell in East Lothian and he trained a horse called Dizzy to win the county hurdle it won at 20 to 1 I told the world it was going to win but thank but the problem was up until that race I hadn't had a winner and Dizzy won the county hurdle and paid for my petrol home to Glasgow so fond memories of getting out at the in the last race of the Cheltenham Festival I just hope Paul that we're not trying to get out on the Martin Pipe next Friday thanks very much indeed to you Paul Gallagher for for joining me here on this podcast today thanks to our partners who knows wins don't forget to look out for that big cheltenham competition where you can win a fantastic prize of two tickets to royal ascot in june by playing in the daily contest if you don't already have the app head over to the app store or the google play store search for who knows wins and download the app thanks very much for listening i'm jim delahunt he's been paul gallagher bye-bye